Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. If you don't go to FightfulWrestling.com, do yourself a favor and go there. Uh, we have more news than anywhere else, more substantial news. Our team of Andrew Thompson and uh, Jeremy Lambert really give you great coverage. I have a lot of columns up there, a lot of exclusives, a lot of podcasts. We have Joe Holbert writing columns, and uh, we have him doing a lot of live coverage as well. Uh, check that out. Tonight, we have... Jeff Hawkins here on the Post-Elimination Chamber podcast. He is on that Brock Lesnar schedule, but working one of these lowly Elimination Chamber shows, Jeff. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Ah, we are also joined by one Alex Palowski. <laughs> Alex, how you doing? Uh, d- doing well. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing where, where wrestling can accidentally get things so, so right. Well, if you guys want to get it right and you want to support Fightful.com and our independent coverage of wrestling, check out FightfulSelect.com. We have over a dozen podcasts there a month. We do retro reviews, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK reviews. We have a show called The Weekender where we review Impact, NWA, BTE, AEW stuff, uh, indie wrestling uh, by and large. And we also have the Fightful Report podcast where I give you uh, weekly exclusives, update you on contract statuses, behind-the-scenes Fightful info, and injury report. Just check out FightfulSelect.com. There is probably something there that you're going to like. We have doubled our subscribers in the last couple of months, so check it out and support your boys at Fightful. I almost always post exclusive news up there at least a little bit early, but we've got Elimination Chamber to talk about, and damn, did I enjoy this show. This was a lot of fun. You better believe I can get used to a 10-15 Eastern end of time especially on a night where there's UFC, I will likely do a quick wrap-up of uh, that UFC show. But let's go ahead and talk about it. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy this week that had nothing to do with this show. But then once once the show got rolling, man, it was all about the in-ring, and there was was some good stuff. Uh, Maybe not as much good stuff on this pre-show, Jeff. Mojo Raleigh cutting a promo in front of a mirror. He does good at what he does. But the bar and heavy machinery talking over one another. But well, everybody I everybody talking over one another on that. Yeah, one. I want your thoughts though on this new Kevin Owens 
character. The everyman. I, <laughs> I, I have so many fears about this character, given what Vince thinks of out of shape people. Um, and every man for that matter, he's never gotten this one right for the most part. I'm, I'm, it's not my favorite thing. I'm happy to have Kevin Owens back, but, uh, I, I'm kind of hoping it's a swerve to be honest with you. I'm hoping it's just a, yeah, I'm happy with my family, blah, blah, blah. Comes back and is still the same prick he was before. I'm out for that. Outside of the heel trio that we saw develop later on the show, I'm looking around at the depth of the Raw Tag Team Division, and I'm thinking on that Fightful Books at uh, WrestleMania 35 podcast we did on Select, I looked at things and I said, you know what? They could do a lot worse than Sammy and Kevin Owens against the Revival at uh, WrestleMania, especially if you're really pushing that tag division. Alex, we also saw selfie promos from Alexa Bliss. We saw Mark Henry show up. Charlotte Flair talks to the Riot Squad, gives him a bit of a pep talk. Did anything here stand out to you? Um, I mean, the, the, the Kevin Owens thing to me is, is, was the only thing worth talking about. I mean, I, I, I agree with Jeff. It, it, I don't know if I hope it's a swerve, but I think it might be that he shows up and he's not this affable dude. He's actually just the same old jackass we've always come to know and hate to love. But, um, he, I, I, I think it could work. And the one thing about that you said, like Vince's response to out of shape dudes, all the pictures he's posted make him look a lot less out of shape he's, than he used true. to. He's true. in much better shape. And so he's, been, he's been getting high marks from people at the Performance Center. He's been working out very hard, helping people, helping young guys out with their promos too, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Which I, uh, you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, I like that he uh, he he was rooting for uh, a face in one match and a heel in another. So we're not really sure where he lines up. So that's good. There was a part of me that thought, man, it's a shame they replaced uh, Mustafa Ali so quickly in the Elimination Chamber because part of me bit on Mark Henry possibly announcing <laughs> that he was going to be a part of the Elimination Chamber, and yeah. I was all about that. But, uh, you know, that, that was just me fantasy booking in my head. In my uh, show notes, which are up at Select right now, I said I still want him to win an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Considering the trajectory of some of the past winners, I wouldn't mind it as a send-off. Uh, thank you for the super chat, OMG. Check them out. I legitimately use OMG when I fry my food. I love that stuff. Thank you to them. Cruiserweight Championship. We got started with a banger. Buddy Murphy, Akira Tozawa. Buddy Murphy, another great pay-per-view performance. Uh, he catches Tozawa on a suicide dive and hits that great suplex outside the ring. Tozawa and Murphy go back and forth with some amazing offense. There's Murphy going for a super power bomb. The old bombshell powerbomb. Tozawa counters it into a super Frankensteiner. A great spot. Did you all hear what Scott Steiner shouted into the crowd when somebody said, hey, do a Frankensteiner this weekend? Yes. He replied, you do a Frankensteiner, you fat fuck. I mean, he's got a point. Pardon my language. (laughs) By the way. By the way, I got a funny story for you as I talk about cleaning up my language. A, a teacher local to me, uh, one of my friends, Matt Staggs, he was like, man, we we did this assignment for the kids and they, they had to put together a website. And one of my students, she put together a wrestling website. I tell her that I know somebody who covers wrestling. Her and her father listened to Fightful every morning coming back and forth to school. So uh, 
Sorry, child's father, for the language, but I got the I got the same thing after Dean Ambrose's uh, raw sexual magnetism comment. That's what I titled my <laughs> podcast, and I had someone write me and go, "You know what? I'm in the uh, in the car with my kid, and he sees the title of the podcast, and I had some explaining to do." And I went, "I'm so sorry for that, sir." Yeah, but but there, there's your shout out. I really enjoy that you all enjoy this. Anyway, Murphy has some really outstanding strike combinations that he is able to transition into grappling attacks, Jeff. He's got a real knack for this. Uh, I, I mean, I always like Murphy's work, but man, it, this is a far cry from the buddy and the the Murphy that we saw in the tag team division at NXT. Yeah, his viciousness is what is carrying this cruiserweight division quite a bit in terms of you know the suplexes and the drops and and things of that nature. I love. All night, it seemed to be a theme that this crowd was biting on stuff. And they, after that super uh, hurricanrana off, off by uh, Tozawa, they were absolutely buying into the fact that Tozawa might win this match. That's what I really liked. Alex, this was a good crowd. I mean, oftentimes we, we talk about how cruiserweights are sometimes best served being at the beginning of this show because they get a crowd hungry for wrestling. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the same thinking that went into all those old nitros where the cruiserweights were always the opening match of the night. Uh, people got really excited to watch wrestling. Um, uh, this match is great. This is the thing about it is that I love Akira Tozawa. I think it was kind of there was the one thing about it that, that I thought that was really great was that on the two hundred five live before this during the little you know contract signing, um, you know Buddy Murphy says you can't you can't beat me, and Tozawa says that's what the king of the cruiserweights thought. And I beat him. <laughs> I thought it was so great. It was the first time I, I actually heard them reference Neville in a long, long time without actually saying his name. But like, it was really interesting that they did that, which made me like think, okay, there's a 10% chance they actually give it to, to, to Sazawa and have M- Murphy win it back at Fastlane or something like that. But this match was amazing. These two guys work really, really well together. Murphy is so great at selling for these guys who are much smaller than he is. And also doing crazy things like that dirty dancing thing, yeah. power bomb into the hurricane, hurricane Rana, which nobody else could do on that show. Uh, and you, you mentioned, you know, the old tag team of Blake and Murphy. Uh, Murphy uh, turns out to be by far the better partner of those yeah. two. Because, I mean, Blake's doing okay with his little weird, like, discount biker thing they've got going on NXT. But it, it ain't this. Like, Buddy Murphy is, is the real, realist of deals. There's a cheeky Nando's kick that gets reversed. I like that because you don't see that a whole lot. You see people get wrapped up into that that buckle super kick, but Tazawa throws it out, hits a spike Rana, does this amazing guillotine senton bomb. I like that. I like that we're seeing that a lot more. Maybe I don't want it to get too much, like like the the Del Rio spot where people hold onto the ropes. But you're starting to see that where people drape a, a person over the top rope and and do an attack there. The Murphy's Law is reversed. But then Murphy's locked in the Iron Octopus. Then Murphy's Law wins it. Good match. Good showing. I'm okay with this winner, Jeff. I'm very okay with this winner. I'm still still torn on whether or not these matches should be on the pre-show or the main show because I've been in a crowd where they've had it on the main show and it's kind of gone quiet until they've picked up steam. So I understand why they do it. But I think doing it in front of a half-empty crowd stadium and then also cutting to the back for that ridiculous yes xavier woods biggie promo that ticked me off this is a match that needed eyeballs and needed full attention and doing the split screen did it such a disservice in my opinion yeah they've got an hour to put shit like that 
on the pre-show. They don't need to spend that. And every time I've asked, because I I try to ask often, I'm always told it's a product of having a hot crowd and a product of selling the network because this is a network-only property that you're not going to see on Raw anymore. And people get to see it on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, all that. Alex, any final thoughts before we move on? No, I, I I agree with you. Like the the idea of hey, this is this is a commercial for the network. You're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can say, well, not only gonna get to watch the Elimination Chamber later, but I can watch these guys do this every Tuesday. Maybe I should put down that nine ninety nine. Now I don't know how many people that actually sways, but I would like to see maybe on the big shows. Like they don't need to be on the, on the main card, but like on this show, there's no reason why this couldn't be some somewhere in the middle there because they had some stuff that went on the main show that I was like, really? I, I find it a ridiculous kind of reasoning because if you're a WWE fan, you're not just going around to the YouTube channel at WWE just to watch the pre-show. You have the network more than likely. How many people are just going to the Facebook page or the YouTube page un, you know, undirected? You know, it, it, it's not something like, wow, today, I, you know what? I should really check into that WWE YouTube page and maybe there'll be something live on there. It, it seems ridiculous reasoning to me, but I, I understand it. I just don't necessarily agree with it. Well, as things sit right now, the kickoff show did 465,000 views on YouTube. So, I mean, hey, uh, some of those people are going to see that and maybe maybe check out the network. But maybe uh, pay-per-view buys? I don't know. I don't know. We had the Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. Now, I mentioned off the air I was going to talk to you all about the story that went into what I had heard today. Early this afternoon, it was decided, hey, the women are going to main event. Now, there was a lot that went into this, too. Uh, they, they spent a good portion, several hours last night, rehearsing this whole show. Not only that, had to up until pretty much doors opened. People in the company thought that this match was going to be a mess. I didn't think it was. It had its sloppy moments. It had a lot of stuff working against it. But around, I think, 4 Eastern, whenever I tweeted it, they were told, nope, that's not going to be the case. Instead, the men are going to go on last because Vince McMahon did not think that the uh, women's tag match would get the reaction that the main event got. Now, this led to a bit of a mad dash backstage. There's a lot of women who thought that they had several extra hours to get ready for their match, get makeup done, things like that that are trying to get done in time. I think all things considered, with all the stuff that they had to battle from not having this type of match with tag teams before, honestly, not having the greatest array of workers, Alex, I thought they did pretty damn good, and I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, no, you, uh, in the chat, in the Fightful chat, you sufficiently uh, dropped my expectations. So, <laughs> so I was there going, it's like, oh, this is going to be a dumpster fire. And it wasn't, which is fine. It was it, a lot of parts of it um, were like, were, were a mess, but like a really fun mess, you know, like a kid's, like a, like a one-year-old's birthday party where like the cake flies everywhere. Ah, oh, it's fun. Look how much fun he's having. But like this, this was good. I like this. Um, and you're right. Uh, some of these women aren't necessarily qualified, you know, quote unquote, as the best workers, but I thought that each team had a definitive personality that that worked in the match. Like they each had a role to play, which you don't see very often. Like I felt like, oh, these these two are smart, but 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 like chicken shit. Like I like that. These two are athletic. These two um, work really like they're on the same page all the time. All that kind of stuff. I thought it really worked really well. 
Alex, what did you think before, or Jeff, what did you think before we get into the uh, the happenings? I thought this match was fantastic. Alex stole my bit of burying you about lowering expectations. <laughs> but hey, um, people, people in the company did not think this was going to be quite what it was. This, you know, what you say that these that it, that there were some, you know, there was some sloppiness in there. I want sloppiness in this sure. kind of match. I'm, I'm sure. a kid of the eighties. Sure. I'm a kid. Of, I'm a kid of the eighties. So I want an elimin- elimination chamber to be people grinding people's faces into the chain. <laughs> I want them trying to hurt people in a fake kind of way, because that's what I expect the elimination chamber to be. I don't want a smooth wrestling match. I don't want a well choreographed wrestling match. And I thought each team was fantastic. And, and Alex was right. They each had their own personality. I don't think there was a weak link in this match. Usually you come out and you're going, well, this person did this, this person did that. I thought Sonya Deville was great. I thought live over uh over exceeded expectations oh yeah I, to, I loved the iconics and everything they did in this match from the first when tamina and naya came back and hit that pod and they just got spooked like that that was great the first pinfall that they double teamed on was fantastic the homage to mvp trying to keep safe in the pod like a <laughs> horror movie type thing was fantastic i loved everything about this and in in retrospect WWE has blown so many big moments in this women's revolution history type thing. They've overbooked the triple threat. They've put Nikki Bella, who's fine in certain, you know, elevated aspects. The money in the bank was first won by James Ellsworth helping Carmella. This is one they got right. And the entire story of this match was great and fit into it, I thought, especially the rush to the end. I loved everything about this. Well, Jeff, re- review the whole match. So let's just move on to the <laughs> <Okay>. next. <laughs> I'm sorry, I monologued a bit, but uh, whatever. Keep going. <laughs> Bailey and Sasha start out with fire and desire. I should specify when I said a little sloppy, I'm in on like missed catapult spots that probably yes. shouldn't be happening at all. Not like I didn't want anything gritty happening. I loved when Mandy's foot got stuck in the cage and. Bailey just obliterated her. All this this comparison to Eva Marie horse shit with Mandy Rose has no, got to go. No, 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 no. Got to go. No. This is not that girl. This is not Eva Marie. And even Eva Marie tried. She did her best. Yeah, Mandy. Like, somebody, who defended Eva? Oh, Charlotte defended Eva Marie this week on Twitter. And I thought yeah. that was great because, you know what? She worked her ass off. She just wasn't very good. Okay? Yeah. Get her over career. It. Her career did probably appropriately peak with an NXT mm-hmm. title match against Bailey, but she, she served her purpose. I love that neck breaker spot. It was really good. You can tell Bailey and Sasha really worked together to think of tag team moves, the assisted arm, arm drag body press. Um, Riot Squad comes in. Logan with a nice pop-up headbutt. Ooh. Riot Squad and Fire and Desire finally square off a little bit and have their, their thing. Uh, Mandy Rose's extensions fall out at one point. Uh, everybody everybody thought that her teeth were knocked out but my wife said nope slipstick on the teeth immediately spotted it Mm. i was like that's why i have you in here uh iconics are in after a tower of doom another dove cries uh iconics are in they go off they had some good offense dare i say this is the best performance of the iconics main roster run here and not a high bar alex we cover them weekly when when they're on the show but this i thought was their best performance yeah, the the iconics showed that they have some some real personality, which tag team divisions really need. They do. You always need somebody the team that's got that real personality. 
And also they showed that they, they have good tag team offense. I loved that double pin. That was really cool. Um, I, I love the thing of like running in and immediately trying to pin everybody on the floor and then like crossing back and forth to pin the person that the other person just pinned. All great. Loved it. And my thought is this. I know they'll eventually tell us this, but I don't like right now, right now after, after tonight's uh, show, not knowing if – if it's even possible for the Iconics to even get a shot at these titles, since the titles are now on Raw, like they've never mentioned at all if it's going to be floating or or how that's going to work. Like I'd like to know what 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 that was all going on because I think that that both Sonya and Mandy and the Iconics showed a lot, and I don't like them being like on the show that doesn't have the tag belts. Like I'd like that to be something that's available for us all to know. I think it. I think it's fair to assume since both brands were in here but well we'll find out uh fabulous glow are in by the way there was an ugly ass like somersault kick that peyton did that was not too hot but no nope. it, it was it was good enough to where it, it landed on bailey's face and they were able to get a replay out of it so hey if it's if it's a happy accident and nobody gets hurt hey we're good i also like the assisted face buster onto the knee that they did that was a really good spot fabulous glow are next Naomi hits a big springboard body press, and everybody hits a bunch of Bronco Busters. Uh, fabulous go th- glow through their offense. But then there's this great series of moves. Like Peyton hits a Widow's Peak, Liv with a Code Breaker, Sonya with a Spear, Carmella with a super, uh, super, or, yeah, super Kick. Mandy does an awesome suplex <laughs> that turns Carmella inside out. And I'm thinking, yeah, even Marie wasn't doing that. No, nope. she, was, she wasn't doing that one. <laughs> this was really, really cool. Mandy and Naomi face off, but the Iconics capitalize and eliminate Naomi. I think, Alex, that the Iconics needed that. Yes. No, they def- definitely did. I mean, if only to, like, maybe allow that <laughs> Naomi to move on from the Mandy thing and get a Naomi and Carmella deal versus the Iconics program, even if it's only on TV and not involved in any kind of uh, pay-per-view. But the Iconics needed something to, like, prove that they belonged here because they didn't. They didn't pin anybody in that in that match. They were just hanging out. Like we've they've kind of got here because you know they didn't get pinned. So I'm 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 I like I liked everything that I saw from the Iconics tonight. I loved them in NXT. I've bared with them uh, on the main roster, and now they're they're actually doing stuff. I like it. I like that they were more than a comedy group here. I like that yes. they had a certain edge to them. They had a certain viciousness to them, and that's what yep. you need to do with goofy villains. Sometimes yeah. you need to show that they are really villains and really good at being villains. And I really liked it. Yeah. And that maybe that the, the product of, or that their humor is somewhat, uh, maybe a product of that more than just a sideshow. Jeff, mm-hmm. talk to me about the production on this show. Tamina and Naya came in and they probably slung the Iconics into the cage six or seven <laughs> times, which would have, I, I assume was a good spot. I wouldn't know because I couldn't see it. Yeah, they were doing a lot of cuts. There was one during the main chamber where Kofi had had Daniel Bryan wrapped up, and they're still showing the audience. It's like, no, go back to the crowd there. I mean, I mean, go back to the ring. Yeah, a they, small they package in the main event. Yeah, during yeah. the in. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of cuts here, but I think they were uh, people trying to get in position where the cage. But they had people inside the cage. There was no excuse for that. It was, uh, you know, I mean, they, they're you're. You're allowed a few of these shot times where you screw up sometimes, but uh, it shouldn't happen that often. But uh, I love that spot. I liked Tamina just has the best 
bat just kind of second banana badass look when she comes to the ring and when she goes and she was great when she was surrounded by everybody at that one time where mm-hmm. she's looking around she sees she's Custer surrounded yeah. it was great I, I yeah she's done some some pretty good work I'm highly critical of her but man she's done some good work of late Bailey and Sasha um <laughs> Uh, or actually Tamina and Nia get a Samoan drop to eliminate the Iconics. Bailey and Sasha do the old H-bomb, the Harris Brothers drop, man. That's that's one I don't I ever expect to see them from them there. But Sasha does a nice knee spot in the corner. Liv and Sarah then jump off the chambers. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. And then Nia just ate it into that chamber man she's like listen i know i've hurt like all of you <laughs> it was the best it was like a cartoon she hit it and then she kind of slid down it was, great. It, was, it was so good my favorite thing is that is that cole talks about how bailey just able to dodge out of the way and as he finishes saying that they go to the reverse angle which shows bailey right here and Nia just running past her. Like, Bailey didn't move. <laughs> Nia just ran directly past her. It's like, oh, yeah, she, did, she really dodged. She dodged hard in that one. Well, she ate it, and she sold it great. I thought that was uh, <laughs> one of those good, comical, but but realistic sort of sells. Uh, before that, we had seen Tamina drop toe-holded into Sasha's knee. That was a good one, yeah. too. And one where there's not a lot of margin for error. And I don't know if I'm picking Tamina in little margin for error spots, but it all worked out. Tamina gets eliminated. Uh, all four members of the match pinned her after a meteor and a Bailey elbow drop. This made sense. This was good. Got a good reaction because I think almost everybody expected this team, Alex, to either win or be in the, the final two. Yeah. Yeah, I expected them to win. Uh, I thought they were going to do the the swerve here, especially when they put this match on first. I thought they were going to have the the big disappointment that then they would allow the fans to recover from. I thought if you, I thought for sure if you were going to have Bailey and Sasha win this thing, you put it on last. I didn't know what was coming with the whole Kofi sure. story, but but that's why when 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 Nia went down and they immediately started telling the story of we're all going to gang up on Tamita and pin her. I thought to myself, oh my God, Sasha and Bailey are going to win this. And then I thought, oh no, it's Vince. <laughs> he, he's going to put the belts on fire and desire, make us all think it's going to be Sasha Banks. But, that, that's, but I'm so happy because that was one of those things where I was certain it was going to be Nia and Tamina. And when it turned out to not be, all of a sudden, worlds of possibility opened up. And I love when WWE does that. Well, there, I, there was a good... There was a good callback, sorry, Jeff, uh, where Bailey and Sasha are on the top of the chamber, and it was a callback mm-hmm. to last year. And, I mean, when I think of that, I think, man, these people, were, these two were wasted for a full year, just truly wasted. But um, we, we got that callback. Angel's wings on Sasha. She kicks out, and this match is really cooking. Uh, Sonya kicks Bailey into the chamber, and it was nasty. That was a, yeah. that was a rough one. Yep. Sonya accidentally spears Mandy, gets locked in a bank statement. Sasha and Bailey win. Jeff, uh, where were you going there? I was with Alex. My first thought when I saw Tamina get pinned is here comes Nia and she's going to destroy all four of them. Because mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> she was off screen for that long. I went, here she comes. She's going to get the heat back. And then it's going to turn into that. I thought Sonya Spears 
were great. Yeah, they were like all good. Night. Yeah. She's got some good offense. Like she doesn't do a lot of stuff unless it's going to look good. I know she tried that uh the the elevator, I think it was for a while that, that Matt Morgan yeah. did and she didn't throw the hand or the arm in front of the head, but she's she's very very good at this that, stage. That spot where she where where you know Sasha runs in and does like the up and over Mm-hmm. And and Sonya comes underneath, turns around, and does it into a brawn power slam. That was awesome. I love that. I've never seen that. That was so cool from her. Sonya showed me tonight that that she's like maybe two years from now, I could see her being like absolutely tip top of, of a woman's division. Like like I mean, maybe even sooner, depending on what they want to do with her. But I thought I saw a lot of potential there. I also loved the storyline of Bailey. Of, of, sorry, of Sasha's shoulder being making it impossible for her to lock in the bank statement. So she altered it and used the leg. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I, I am all here for Sonya Deville and uh, Shayna Baszler matches in the future. I think that could be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks give a teary-eyed promo afterwards. You could hear Beth Phoenix crying on commentary, which I think just added to the moment. Beth Phoenix, a woman who was way ahead of her time. Way ahead. Uh, at least as far as the business was quite frankly, had they wanted to put together this type of division, I think they could have a lot sooner, but man, this was good stuff. Uh, Jeff, any final thoughts on this one? I don't think I can, I'm having trouble hearing Jeff. right? I can't hear Jeff either. So Alex, any final thoughts on this one? No, I, I thought, well, obviously the, the, the right team won. I mean, it's a major deal to be like, to say, hey, as a trivia, 25 years from now, who were the first women's tag team champions? It was Sasha and Bayley, and they held the the belts, you know, four times over the course of several years or whatever, uh, or they held it for so long, as opposed to, oh, it was this team you've never heard of? They held it for a month, and and then they lost it to Sasha and Bailey. Like I think it was a really good thing that they made that call because it's very important when you're doing historical things. Do it with historical people. That's what I think. Jeff, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I I liked the juxtaposition of Sasha and Bailey, uh, Bailey being injured and Sasha having to carry on with the team. Mm. Um, and much like Beth Phoenix, I, uh, I got a little misty eyed too. Cause I root hard for, uh, there's been a couple of times I've gotten really kind of weepy and it was, uh, when Sasha won the title and when Bailey won the title and now when they won the tag titles, I know that they're, they're just tag team geeks like the revival. So, uh, I always love it. I hope it's a, hope it's a new boom period for tag team women's wrestling. Speaking of tag team geeks, the Usos tried their best to get fired by beating Shane McMahon <laughs> and The Miz to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. This all, of course, according to Fox News. Yes. Uh, Miz brings out the GOAT Maurice and her GOAT theme song and announces they're having another kid. It's good for them. Awesome. Now, there, there have been a lot of relationship controversies over the past past 24 hours or so. Now, I think, quite frankly, if you want to be scandal-free, you just need to get a Bluetooth sponsorship, Alex. Oh, yeah. Then if it happens, you can just say, well, listen, I got to do it for the brand. <laughs> you got to do it for the reputation. Yeah. And maybe, maybe your reputation around town in the sack ain't so hot. 
Blue Chew can fix that, my friends. BlueChew.com brings you the uh, same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but Blue Chew works better, faster, and it's cheaper. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work faster. How are they cheaper? They prepare and ship direct. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. You don't have to go to the doctor. You fill it out online. Come straight to your door. B-L-U-E, chew, like the color blue. You can get that free right now. Just use the code FIGHTFUL. You might be so frustrated, you're stripping down and squaring up. People just going wrong way down a one-way street. You get pissed off, and you're like, I I can't handle it. Let's throw down. Next thing you know, Fox News says you're trying to quit your job. You don't want to do that just because your gimmick needs some help. Go to bluechew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL, and you'll have people tagging in and out all night long. Just pay $5 shipping. Code Fightful. What'd you think of this tag team title match, Jeff? Um, You know what? I really liked the end. I, I, I liked it overall. It was good. It was good for what it was. It was Shane McManus has to be thinking like Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this stuff. Um, just, just watching him, uh, you know, huffing and puffing on the top rope there before he went off to the table. But, uh, for me, and, and that to actually come back to me when you get to the end. But overall, it, it was fine for what it was. It was a good story match. We were doing the Fightful Books It podcast, and we realized the insane depth on SmackDown. People that aren't even being used. Sanity. The Good mm-hmm. Brothers. The Bar. Mm-hmm. The New Day. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Rusev and Nakamura, apparently a thing now. You have the Usos. You have... McMahon and Miz. There's probably another team that I haven't even thought of right now because when we counted, it was like 90. On Raw, you've got Injured AOP, The Revival, Rudin Gable, and then it's like the B team. <laughs> the B team. The B team and the C team and the D team and the F team. Yes. So I thought that this was a pretty solid match. Miz avoids a super kick. Gets uh really gets worked over. Shane McMahon tags in, gets a coast to coast on Jay. Now people got to help him, but this is still impressive at this stage. Also, he's still able to do that elbow drop, which is a little more blatant now when they they clear off the table and there's a giant ringside pad on on the table. Uh, Jeff, at, at what point do you think Shane stops doing this? Does he? I I think this is the last one because that looked like a glancing blow on the table when he was kind of sliding over it to get there i just i watched that and i went i thought he was having a heart attack when he was on the top turnbuckle before he was done because he was dead dead tired at that point and he looked like i'm a little worried about that i have the hops to make this jump right now and i was a little worried he was going to short it um yeah i i i think it's sooner rather than later i think he'll do it one last time when he and miz are at wrestlemania but um, in that match, but uh, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he has very few of these left on his uh, on his bump card. I think uh, I think that he is good for either a coast to coast or a flying elbow drop. <laughs> That's it. And honestly, I think he might be good for one of those per night. 
um, for like another three years. Like he's he's in incredible shape for a guy his age. Like I don't know. At some point, it all goes away. But he's in incredible shape. Like he feels like he's in better shape now than he was like even a year ago. Sure. He's, I don't know. You know, I don't want to speculate, but hey, you know, whatever's working out, whatever's whatever's working for you. <laughs> I don't think you can be in worse shape, at least from a cardio perspective. The man, he looks like the Kool Aid Man busting through doors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was rough, um, but uh, yeah, he's he's got the hops for one of those things, but not 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 a, f- a full coast to coast, a half coast to coast, and then the elbow drop. I thought to myself, Shane, come on, buddy. Miz lands a skull-crushing finale on Jay, gets crucifixed for the pin, though. This comes after the Usos kind of played up the heel role because Jimmy and Jay were taunting Miz and using his tactics. I thought this was solid. Uh, I'll say this. The Usos are terrible at getting fired. Uh, They're they're really bad at that. At this point, I don't know how you can not have them in the conversation among greatest WWE tag teams ever. They've been around for almost a decade at this point, nine years consistent as a tag team the last five years they've been atop the tag team division those first four years maybe not as much uh, although uh yeah say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill yeah, once 2014 rolled around, they started to have really high-level matches. The Shield was around, the Wyatt family was around, and you started to really see what they could do in the ring. Miz and Shane looked dejected after the loss. Does it? What does this do for Uso's legacy for you, Jeff, or is this just another tag team title win? It's another tag team title win for me because I don't view Miz and Shane McMahon as anything more than a plot device. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> joke uh, Chris Zellner made was, man, aren't you glad that the Usos aren't facing the bar tonight? Um, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you I'll, I'll tell you a little thing that I watched that I loved. On that last pin, watch Miz's face during that time because he's so exhausted turning over Uso, and then he gets slid over, and there's that moment he's still exhausted, and then there's the moment of panic that comes over him. And he did such a great job with that. Oh, I've been caught and I need to get out of this right now. I thought that was really the cherry on top of the Sunday. I thought that was great. Alex, any uh, thoughts on this tag team no, title match? No, I, I, I agree. I, um, I think the Miz is just, he's just a fantastic actor in the ring. Like he does great stuff. Uh, you know, it, 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 it takes, it takes a while, uh, but he's, he's acted in so many things that like I can't help but rub off. So good actor. Yeah. yeah. He's a good actor. So I thought that was really good. Um, I, I loved, I mean, that was also one of the smoothest, nicest, like full on uh, skull crushing finales I've ever seen. Like some of them don't look good. Like Uso took that like a champ. And so it made sense why it was so hard to roll him over. That guy was dead weight. And I love that the Uso um, whichever one it was, I'm so sorry. I still can't tell Jimmy. Apart. Jimmy, oh. when he, uh, yeah, uh, uh, when he when he rolled it over, uh, and it got into the thing, it almost felt like it was reflex. Like that was a yeah. really great, great moment by two in ring veterans, where you honestly felt like 
Uh, Jimmy didn't had no idea what he was doing. He just did it because he had a split second where if I, maybe I can reverse this. Like that was great. We, we see it all the time. Fighters legitimately get knocked out, and their first instinct is to shoot a double leg on the ref. Yeah, mm-hmm. and try to try to take him down. Yeah. You know what's great is that Miz is playing the story of a guy who's really bad at being a babyface. Yeah, it's like he goes, "I'm gonna do this for my kid," and then he gets beat. <laughs> and then he throws a temper tantrum in the back. This is this is so great. It's like it's he good. is the worst. He and I, I, I think he's just going to eventually become self aware and go. You know what? Screw this good guy stuff <laughs> and just go off of it. But I, I love it. I'm doing this for my kid. It goes out and loses. It's beautiful. We had basically a raw match as Finn Balor defeated Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush to win the Intercontinental Title. We see Leo and Lashley talking before the match. Balor launches Lashley over the top rope, but gets tripped up by Leo. This is what leads to him getting worked over for a little while. Lashley does his awesome, huge slam to Balor. This move is is a real good one. Uh, Russ tags himself in, misses a frog splash, then a big tope con Hilo lands on both guys. Balor capitalizes by throwing Leo in and hitting a coup de grace for the win after the match. Well, 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 we'll talk about the match first off. Alex, I do think that even though, you know, Lashley is... MMA star, kind of. Former TNA champion was pushed in one of the biggest WrestleManias ever, quite frankly. I feel like the title is still higher profile on Finn Balor heading into WrestleMania, presumably, because we do have Fastlane. Yeah, we do have Fastlane. We're not really sure. I mean, this 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 kind of finish uh, begs uh, for some kind of you know rematch, even though they don't have rematch clauses, but they probably will for this one because, you know, the finish. But... Um, I agree. Uh, Finn feels like an intercontinental champion. He feels like that kind of a guy. Um, Lashley doesn't. Lashley doesn't feel like like the, the intercontinental championship was always traditionally held by you know uh, a smaller dude or a great worker or whatever. Lashley's neither of those things. Yeah, like the Ultimate Warrior, the Honky well, Tonk Man. Well, <laughs> I, I was, I was, yeah, okay, Diesel. Fine. Come on. <laughs> China, come on, (laughs) Albert. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Alex. I'm so sorry. All great examples that serve to prove my point. Moving on. Um, Uh, I, I, uh, I, I honestly, um, I I think that 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 is true. That the Finn does elevate this title a bit more. The thing about this that I loved was the idea of in in two matches. On tonight's card, they telegraphed the only possible ending. You have a match that is made a disqualification, a no disqualification match later for Braun and Byron, so we know what's going to happen there. And this one, the only reason you have it be a handicap match with Leo involved, where where Lashley can lose the belt if Leo gets pinned, is so that exact scenario takes place. Like, I, I, it was fine seeing how they got to that point, but in my mind, there was there was no. No, no chance of anything else happening. I don't mind the story being predictable. What I didn't like was the Dasha interview beforehand that, teasing dissension. That really hit, hammered it home too much. Yeah, that that was far too much of a billboard. Have the dissension happen and just let it let it go. We already know that there'll probably be dissension if Leo Rush loses this match. We don't need to be hammered over the head that, hey, this might happen. Hey, this might happen. It's just like, come on, guys. Give your audience a little credit here. But um, the match was what it was supposed to be. And Lashley turned on Leo. Obviously, it's because they, 
maybe not as much because they think so less of Leo, but they they have some sort of plan. Have some sort of plan with Corbin Lashley and McIntyre, Jeff. Yeah, I gosh, boy, that that threw me for a loop when Bobby came back out. I thought I thought for sure Leo was going to come out and try and make right, but I thought that they were going to separate the two because Seth is is hurting right now as a backup plan for possibly Lesnar. That's what I was thinking when mm. I saw that, but uh they're pushing the Lesnar point an awful lot, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to them doing that at Crown Jewel, the 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 greatest fucking Crown Jewel Rumble of them all or whatever it is they're going to call that. Junk. Greatest elimination chamber, 16 <laughs> pods, three cages on top of one another, something like that. Blood money in the bank. the winner doesn't have to go back to saudi arabia one time they catch it in and they don't got to go back raw women's championship ronda rousey crushed ruby riot won the title there there's not a lot to talk about here uh alex i know you're not happy about riot losing the arm bar in that fashion like she didn't even she didn't it didn't even look good it was like like she's an incredible performer and she deserves better all these other women who have actually wrestled real legitimate matches against Ronda Rousey and and like Alexa Bliss like wrestled against Ronda Rousey for God's Alicia sake. Fox. Yeah, Alicia Fox was like like Ruby's looked the worst of all of them. Seriously, Ruby's really, 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 really good. And she doesn't deserve this. I I understand for the storyline you're telling that that makes sense. But in, if that's the case, then don't have it be Ruby. It doesn't have to be Ruby. It could be anybody else. They decided like a year late to have Rousey crush people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Jeff. I I disagree with Alex somewhat. I think the story to build up Ruby happens when she turns babyface because she has a fantastic story to tell. I actually thought this was a little too long. I thought the stalling kind of kind of made it worse. Look, they didn't build up Ruby as a possible going to WrestleMania type thing, which they should have done if they had done it logically. They did on the on the network and they did on the pre-show, but they didn't do it on Raw. So just get rid of her quick and then build her back up later. I love Ruby Riot, but this was the time to do a quick flip, arm bar, tap out, three-second type thing to really build up because they're already looking past, you know, every other pay-per-view to WrestleMania. Just do it. That should be her story. She was overlooked and she's... She held that division together, quite frankly, in the ring, I thought, last year. Uh, Her win against Nikki Cross was her first of the year. She was 0-14 before that. And her winning percentage last year, I think it was 13 or 14%. The story of this is afterwards. And boy, Becky Lynch has owed some receipts, my friends. (laughs) Charlotte was at ringside and had cut a promo on Becky before the match, but comes in and faces off with Rousey. Becky had been attacked by... Charlotte the night before after jumping the barricade at a live event. Nice thing. Nice way to get people in the live event. I like it. Whatever. Becky comes in and beats the living shit out of Charlotte with this crutch. I mean, real rough and as rough as Ronda Rousey got it, by the way, Ronda Rousey, just staring and being like, I kind of got you what you deserve. (laughs) That was thing. I like was really good. Then she hands Rousey a crutch and I'm okay with Rousey being, the dumb one that goes for it because be- Becky's the baby face here. Becky's the smart baby face, but boy, did she throw some reckless shots with that crutch. I mean, some filthy ones to the face, to the head. 
uh, to her crotch even. Like there was not a spot on a sensitive spot on Ronda Rousey that was not hit. If I'm Becky, I'm probably not necessarily looking forward to the first time I get thrown by Ronda Rousey, Jeff. Let me tell you something. Ronda also has some receipts go- coming toward Charlotte for all those kendo stick shots as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so if I'm those women, I'm like, look, <laughs> we're all in agreement that we can take as good as we can give. Right, guys? Right? Oh, BT dub. Ronda's hitting the bricks after Mania. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get my shots in now. I, you know what? I, I am one of the few people that does not like this ruthless aggression, Becky seeming, cause it comes off as Becky seeming petulant. I, I get that yeah. they were cheering her on this, but we already have Rhonda who is a questionable baby face because of her bipolar gimmick in many ways. Um, you know, there, there's not a lot of clear stuff other than Charlotte's the heel and Charlotte could get beat down. I would have been fine with Rhonda just throwing the crutch away and walking off. But, uh, I don't know if this, I mean, look, it's working for the live crowd. So I guess you can't harp on it too much. But at the same time, if you're watching all these as like steady progression, it's like, man, Becky's coming off as a bit of a sociopath here rather than anything else. You're just like, wow, that, that seems extreme to do right there. Okay, cool. You know, but, but it's all part of that, you know, Vince McMahon alpha baby Mm. face type of booking. and And I don't know if it's, working on a sweetheart like Becky as much as they think it is, but it seemed to work here. So I can't complain too much. Alex, what do you got? I, you know, there's, there's a line, you know what I mean? There's a point where like, okay, this is immediate retribution for this Charlotte taking such glee in being, uh, in, in being the replacement for Becky at mania. I, I believe Becky feels like she owes a beat down to Charlotte. That to me Feels like okay, fine, and I think she took it a little too far, but I think she got carried away. Fine. The thing on Ronda was just seemed like just random and excessive. Like Ronda had nothing to do with Charlotte replacing Becky. It felt like like you you could have Becky beat down Charlotte. Look at look at Ronda. So you went you want to get on in this? No. Okay, fine. Bye. See you later. Like it, that that's that to me expresses much more strength and power. Mm-hmm. Than, than, than just, just, than suckering Rhonda into a, a, a sucker punch with a, with a, with a, with a, with a crutch and also hitting her in the face and all these other places. Like, that's just, that just didn't, it didn't, it didn't ring true. But again, everyone's going to say, um, oh, is, but like Steve Austin would have done it. Okay, but it's not 1998. You know what I mean? And she's not Steve Austin. She's Austin esque, but she, she's not Stone Cold. You know, like, it's just not, I don't know. When when Charlotte drops an f bomb, you know, <laughs> her, yeah. there's always one of those in these types of beat. That's, that's how like, I I told you. That's how you can tell she's Rick's daughter. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> oh god! No, but she's when she's <laughs> doing the four letter words. It's really hurting. <laughs> uh, Charlotte's Twitter game has been on since the heel turn too, where she said, "Yeah," where she says, "Oh, I, I the reason why I didn't." enter this tag team title matches because it's not like me to take away from people who deserve opportunities. That was brilliant. And all due respect to Ryan Satin, but the line she dropped on him was also very funny and he was a good sport about it too. Um, Very, very good stuff from Charlotte of late. No DQ. Baron Corbin defeated Braun Strowman. This is weird. Baron tries to set up a kendo stick. Braun busted over his knee, gets power slammed through a table. Drew McIntyre's music hits, and for some reason, Braun, the babyface, were supposed to cheer. 
acts like a real dumbass. He could have pinned Baron uh-huh. Corbin like five times by the time Drew got there. So while he's looking at Drew, he gets hit in the back with a chair uh, by Lashley. Uh, that little prick Nicholas, nowhere to be found. Very ungrateful, that kid. And they do a shield powerbomb through two stacked tables off of a set of stairs. Corbin gets the win, mocked the shield at the end of the segment. Now, anything we say about the shield is pure speculation at this point. Alex, what does that say to you that they did that? I don't know, man. I, none of this makes any sense to me. Like you, you again, I'm just going to go back to this thing when you, you had, you had this, you had Roman and he comes out, he's the champion. He comes out, he says, I'm dealing with leukemia. I'm giving up the belt. And they say, okay, here what we're going to do. We're going to have Braun versus Brock in Saudi Arabia for this title. Oh, by the way, Braun is somehow also right now locked in a blood feud with Drew McIntyre, who looks like a complete world beater. Like he's all on his own. He just just broke up with Dolph Ziggler. He doesn't need anybody. He hates Braun Strowman. And they have this wonderful thing where these two guys are super over and ready to kill each other. And now they're later, we're like, Drew's playing second fiddle to Baron Corbin and Braun's getting his ass kicked. And I'm like, I don't even know. Why are we doing this? You know what, guys? Just go away for a little while. Come back after we've forgotten that we don't like what you're doing and do something then. Because this is just... What? 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 Jeff, what do you got? I think Dean's not going to be on Mania, so they're probably going to do a Shield match versus these three next pay-per-view and just have Roman do kind of walk-in brawl. But uh, I just love the whole... (laughs) Braun has him right where he wants him. Music. Huh? Is that music I'm hearing? What's going on? And, and then, of course, the villainous Drew McIntyre. All right, dude, play my music and kill any element of surprise. And I'll go running down there with a chair. No, like, trotting. Just is, everybody a, is everybody an idiot in this plan? Come on. <laughs> no, no, that was the thing. Was that, that, that was the big distraction. So Bobby could attack him from behind. Bobby Lashley, who, by the way, is completely forgotten about the whole thing. Like, Feudy's got brewing with Leo and with... Uh, with I mean, with you, you can hate more than one person at a time. I guess. It just feels like... Oh, you know, I do all the time. You know yeah. that. <laughs> it's just Braun could have pinned the man. Oh, no. He should have. And he should have. He should have pinned him and then said, okay, now what do you got? That's fine. But it, this was all just really, really <laughs> That's weird. weird. Why is there music playing right now at the big time of my match? I Whoa. just don't get it. Wait a minute. That's not my music. (laughs) Let's talk about something way better than that. WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. Daniel Bryan defeated Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe. Rowan is ejected before the match, and Daniel Bryan goes off. We get Bryan and Joe to start. Bryan and Joe threw a few little strikes. There's a nice powerbomb into a crossface. A good chain of submissions for Samoa Joe. But Kofi is in next, has kind of a sloppy exchange with Joe. They, they weren't on the same page, but they, they get on it when Kofi does this awesome standing frog splash. I love that move that he's been doing to like a doubled over opponent. Uh, Brian stops him with a King Kong guillotine knee drop that I love that he's been doing. I, I'll take, uh, Jeff, that knee drop he's doing to a rope hung opponent over a diving headbutt any day. Yeah, and... Uh... Same with also just the uh, the the Tazawa t- during that yeah. pre-show match on on the second rope type thing. I really liked the uh, effectiveness of that. It looks a little safer to be honest with you, but no, I, I really like it as well. 
Daniel Bryan tries to chill on top of the chamber, but Kofi jumps up there, <laughs> scales the cage, Alex, and does a trust fall onto Joe and AJ. Yeah. This was another showcase for Kofi, which we will really get into later. Yeah. But this spot was amazing. I can't wait to see the WWE.com shot of this. Yeah, no, this spot was amazing. I loved him, like, uh, uh, Brian going up there. I'm just going to hang out up here. Nobody can get me. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, meditate or whatever. Uh, and then Kofi, like, immediately just scampering up there to get in his face. I, that was – that was. But I love the idea of, of Kofi going from member of a, of a comedy faction to, like, super, like, over – baby face with fire like in six days like i think it's just an amazing thing and honestly i feel like kobe's like kofi's kobe kofi's like one of five or six guys on the roster currently that could make that transition that well that fast so we will talk about that at length but um whoo well yeah styles is in next hit the ddt reverse ddt combo on kofi and brian a nice touch Brian scales the cage, but AJ hits a phenomenal forearm on him. Joe shows up, or Joe pops up and puts the Kukina clutch on Kofi. They do a callback from the pin on Tuesday, but Kofi gets a jawbreaker. AJ pins Joe with a phenomenal forearm. Joe has not won a pay-per-view match via pinfall or submissions into moving to SmackDown. This is his fifth title opportunity that he has lost in. This is what I, I put on Twitter. Hey, everybody, remember that time where we all heard that Samoa Joe was going to be an NXT lifer? We were like, oh, no, he should go up to the main roster. We were all totally wrong. So AJ is across the top rope. Jeff Hardy comes in, Jeff Hawkins, and does a swanton off the chamber onto the top rope. And Daniel Bryan capitalizes with a pin. This was cool, creative, different, something we perfect. haven't seen before. I loved it. It was, it was absolutely perfect. Right after I hit my big move, I'm going to be a little discombobulated. Daniel Bryan takes advantage. One, two, three. I want to go back to the trust fall because he didn't exactly – he was possibly <laughs> a little too trusting on that after he landed <laughs> on his back, I thought. Um, yeah, no, this was, uh, uh, this was the uh, one big note of before we got to the Kofi run that I had was I loved that Jeff Hardy elimination. It was – pitch perfect to me yeah uh jeff came up a little half-assed on that poetry in motion over the top rope on brian i thought maybe he hurt brian initially but this was good alex i know that the, the clip ended up being like me ridiculing jackasses who were making fun of the the chamber changes right, last right. year but i really feel like the changes to the chamber that they made outside the ring uh extending the ceilings it did revolutionize this match i think these matches have been much higher quality since then. Yes, I agree too. It, it used to it used to be about oh the punishment their bodies are taking. Yeah, and now it's like okay, well maybe we don't need to like maim our our performers. Maybe yeah, well, let's have- let the, let's let our guys play video games and rub butts <laughs> with each other instead of <laughs> taking painters all day. It seems a good yeah, idea. Yeah, um, I I also I I thought it was interesting. It, one of those things is it's wonderful that it's Jeff Hardy. Because there's no way he can be hurt by being the guy who enters fifth and is eliminated by before the guy who enters sixth comes into the match. Like Jeff Hardy is bulletproof in this particular situation, and like he's he got a great great uh, piece of offense in right into a great elimination, a really cool cool move, and it allows you to believe that anybody anybody can be eliminated at any time. And I like that in in a, in a match like this. 
We see another Tower of Doom of sorts with AJ Styles getting a spider suplex on Daniel Bryan while he's hung up. Uh, Orton is in, catches a springboarding Styles with an RKO for the pin. But then this match is a Kofi Kingston-Daniel Bryan masterpiece from this point forward. And that even includes with Randy Orton in there. I love the story that was told without really having to tell it with Randy Orton because there are a lot of people who know the history between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, Jeff. Kofi Kingston was poised for a main event run, and then, quite frankly, because he pissed off Randy Orton, he did not get that main event run. Uh, The SmackDown clip is fresh in my head where he misses up a move and Randy Orton is yelling, stupid, stupid, stupid to Kofi Kingston. And thus ended his push, with the exception of getting to pour paint on a car, I think was the only yeah. thing he got to do at that time. But no, that uh, that that marks one of the times where I really wasn't the biggest Randy Orton fan in the world then, but I really kind of turned on him then. It's like, dude, he messed up a move. You're going to mess up a move occasionally. Keep going with it. But look, sometimes you get a little pull in the back after, <laughs> after those types of things, and uh, then you're sent to mid-card purgatory. Well, fortunately for Kofi, his, his talent and longevity has is, is proven a, a great tool for him because that story came full circle. And, you know, we, we do have a much more tame Randy Orton these days. Yeah. Did the honors for Kofi Kingston. Trouble in Paradise after he had almost RKO'd Brian. That was a nice thing to throw in there. That was a great thing to add. We get huge Kofi chants. It's down to him and Daniel Bryan, and it needed to be. And initially, when I heard. Well, Vince McMahon thought that the women's match couldn't really live up to the reaction. And I saw Sasha and Bailey win. I said, well, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Because I didn't really think Kofi was going to win. The old man was right. This was this should have been Kofi's spot. And what we saw is is amazing and simultaneously frustrating, Alex, because <laughs> they did this on six days' notice. Six, seven days notice. Crafted this match. Now, Ali was set to have a showcase match. Maybe not to that degree. And then Kofi Kingston had this amazing performance. They did this with their back up against the wall. And it was beautiful and emotional and a great story and awesome. This is what they should be. This should be the norm. This should be what regularly happens. Yeah, this it it does feel like, uh, at least for the past year or so, that WWE's best creative stuff has been them like whoopsie daisying into it. Like, oh crap, uh, panic. And whatever they come up with is somehow this thing that's that's amazing. Like it's 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 the sense of urgency that actually makes these people's brains work as opposed to, ah, well, we could do, you know, plan 72A. We haven't done that in six months. Okay, we'll do that. Like, that seems like what they're normally doing. And in this case, it was like, uh, okay, let's start coming up with ideas, guys. What can we do? You know, and all of a sudden, something like this comes up, and it's it's brilliant. They caught lightning in a bottle with this thing in six days, and I can't believe how well it worked out. This had some great spots to it. Daniel Bryan hitting all these drop kicks. Kofi catches him with a mushroom stomp. Bryan puts Kofi down with the knee after... Kofi got sent into the pod on a bulldog attempt. I don't know if it was supposed to break or not, but it not breaking was a happy accident, if so, because he just ricocheted off of it. Kofi kicks out of the knee. Brian stomps him out, then walks into a trouble in paradise. You had the miserable camera cut on the small package. Just hideous. 
So but true. then the LaBelle lock is applied. My qualm, Daniel Bryan lets go of the hold. You don't have to let go of the hold. Don't have to let go of the hold. There, there should have been something where Kofi maybe used that leverage to pull himself out of it to interrupt that. But other than that, that that's a small issue with this. Both men end up on the top of the pods. Brian is kicked down. Kofi misses a splash. Brian wins with a knee to the face. This ruled. Brian exits stage left, leaves Kofi in there. Brian, a smart guy. I think everybody knew this was Kofi's moment, Jeff, and it was a damn good one. And it has me wanting Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. I wouldn't get too uh, <laughs> too attached. I think this was a one night for that crowd. Sure. Um, I, you know what? It's it's weird because up until that second half of the chamber, I thought not having the women on the main event was a mistake. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, well, this is okay, but it's nothing special. And then it kicked into high gear. I'm thankful that my fears weren't realized. I thought for sure Luke Harper was showing up <laughs> and 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 killing guys, and it was going to totally blue ball this audience. Um, I, you know, it. it you, it, you could think of far worse things than a new day Harper Rowan. Daniel Bryan feud though, like that six man tag at Fastlane, that'd mm-hmm. be neat. Yeah, the, the six man tag at Fastlane. If the New Day wins, Kofi gets a rematch. It gets a single match versus versus Bryan at Mania. Like that kind of writes itself. If hey, hey, we we drew that. we drew that one up on the Fightful Books at WrestleMania 35 podcast on FightfulSelect.com. But Jeff, I, I digress. No, but I mean, I think I think the veteran guy who's put it all together and making that run is a great compelling story. I just I, I just think Kofi is making too much money with the new day for them to give that kind of credibility to him as a solo star. I'm you know I'm I'm a little skeptical of it, but he was great here. Um let me let me ask you guys this because I was thinking about this on, on commentary when he's up there on the pod with Daniel Bryan, they're putting over that he should be throwing everything at the at the wall to try and do this. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was Saxton who was saying that stuff. And I'm thinking if this were say Ventura or Bobby Heenan, they'd be pointing out, why are you taking this big of a risk that high up as opposed to staying on the ground when you have him, have him right where you want him. I, I wasn't sure if that was, I mean, it, it's the big risk and then the big miss the right way to go. If you're, if you're going to put, if you're uh pumping up the he should be throwing everything at the wall type of thing i'm i'm just I, I was i was a little bit hesitant on that but i thought it i thought after afterwards it was the right call to, to do yeah you know what this might be your only shot at a title throw it all against the wall see what happens my my, my least favorite way for the fan favorite baby face to lose is to do a high risk maneuver from the top rope no water in the pool splash yeah and walk into the finisher I, I think it's just like, oh, well, is that it? Like, I feel like there's got to be more momentum to I mean, it. I love wanna... What? Love of God, they, they wrote Randy the Ram Robinson. The end of his movie was him leaping yes. off the top yes. rope, and you don't know what happens. Right. right. Yeah. You don't know what happens. So yes. for Kofi to kind of go out that way, but you see what happens, man, that's that's kind of poetic. And there's something really endearing and charming about the fact that in interviews, in public, Biggie could be a single star, could be huge. Mm-hmm. St- we all thought it would happen. Xavier Woods, you know, maybe not to that level, but he can deliver in the ring. He's got so much else going on. I mean, 
my God, he's a juggernaut in the gaming industry now. At any opportunity they can, on screen, off screen, Kofi's going to be world champion. Kofi's going to win the Royal Rumble. Kofi's going to do this. There is something just remarkably charming and genuine and admirable about that selfish, about about being that selfless. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what your what what their plans were before the Mustafa in, uh, Ali injury uh, for 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 Daniel Bryan at Mania. I don't know what they are before this match, but watching this crowd, whatever it is, I mean, all you got you got like a uh, you know six weeks to build it. If the alternative would be this New Day uh, versus. Harper Rowan and and Daniel Bryan match at Fastlane for the right to get Kofi into a one-on-one match. That match, the Daniel Bryan match, is not going anywhere near the top of the card at Mania anyway. Yeah. So if you, if you have it at the end of like the first act and you, you have it be um, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, Kofi's not going to win. But I don't think anybody who's going up against Daniel Bryan is winning anyway. At least make it like this thing where the crowd really gets into it. You know what I mean? Like make us believe. Like I, mm-hmm. I believe. I listen when he hit that trouble in paradise. There was a part of me, even jaded, cynical wrestling guy that I am, who believed for a split second, oh my god, they might put this thing on Kofi just because you know, to have the crowd erupt, to have that moment, they could put the, the belt back on, on Brian as soon as Tuesday if they wanted to. The whole thing is you make you make us believe in that moment, and that's better than you know, Randy versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Give me Mustafa and Kofi. I yeah. would, I would love that. <laughs> or I would, like I said, I wouldn't really wouldn't mind the if if Harper gets involved, the aforementioned six man tag. Alex, when you look back at this show, what are you going to remember the most years from now? Will you remember Sasha and Bailey, or will you remember Kofi? Because those are the two things that stick out. Right. Uh, I'll remember Sasha and Bailey. I won't remember that they went. I mean, years from now, I probably won't remember they went on first. Um, I would remember it if Kofi won. I'll say that. If Kofi had beaten Daniel Bryan, I would probably remember that moment for the cathartic response the cra- the, the, uh, the fans would have had in that moment. The, the building would have torn itself apart. They were so uh, behind Kofi in that moment. I would have remembered that. But in this case... You, you got to say it, it's Sasha and Bailey because like the historic thing of like women's tag team championships wouldn't have even been thought of before these two women were on the roster and had been there for a while doing great stuff. And now they're the first tag team champs. It's, it's it makes, it makes sense. It's great for, for WWE to have them be the first women's tag team champions. Jeff, how about yourself? <laughs> um, I'm going to remember that first, that first look, I, I love, Bailey's exhausted, sad face kind of when she's like that, that first look she and Sasha kind of gave each other after winning the match. And you knew how much it meant to them. It's, it's definitely those two because look, they've been underwhelming the past two years, maybe even three years uh, on the main roster. And this means a lot to them. And I'm hoping it uh, means bigger and better things for them. Obviously it's going to be that for me. Guys, we are here after Raw. We're here after SmackDown. We're here on Wednesdays for the Listen You Boy. I will be doing a quick UFC results uh, podcast over on our MMA channel. Go over and subscribe. It's youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. If you want to support us directly, FightfulSelect.com is the way to do it. If you all don't want to support us financially, go over to iTunes, leave us a nice review, leave us a thumbs up or subscribe. 
Jeff, tell the people where they can uh, follow you on social media and check out your stuff. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow the other show I do at Shake Them Ropes. You can also, we just did a Patreon episode, two hours worth going bit by bit, blow by blow of Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler at patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes, all one word for a buck. You can listen to that on your uh, holiday weekend. Alex. Um, you can follow me on Pulaski the Fourth. Uh, I, I tweet about stuff. I'm going to be tweeting a lot more about uh, <laughs> basketball now because I'm super into basketball. Um, but um, also, uh, I'm going to be here the next two nights trying to figure out what they're doing. But I, I will say this as a public service announcement I feel like it's time to just do the one pay per view between Rumble and Mania. Do it, do it like the first weekend of March. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to zero, as Jeff just pointed out. I wouldn't be opposed to zero either, but two is ridiculous. You can do one, but on the first weekend of March, between those two, and give yourself time. I have no idea how they're going to figure out what they're going to do between now and March 10th. That seems like it's like three days from now. That's crazy that they're going to do fast lane that fast. I I just want rumble and then build to something good at Mania. That's all I want. Yep. Well, can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. We've got an abducted in plain sight review up on YouTube. Check it out. Be amazed, guys. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate all of you. Uh, thank you all. We're out.